0: Hello, this is pharmacist Tara Thompson, and welcome to the Mix It Up podcast. This is a show where we take you behind the counter to hear from the experts in medicine, health, and pharmacy compounding. So today, if you were to listen to any of our podcasts, guys, today is the one you need to listen to. This topic is one of the most important in healthcare from both a provider and a pharmacist standpoint. We are going to talk about pharmacovigilance today, and essentially, the Pharmacological Science Relating to the Collection, Detection, Assessment, Monitoring, and Prevention of Adverse Drug Events with Pharmaceutical Products. Super important. Doesn't matter what field of health care you, you're in, this podcast is going to be good for you. So, we know that adverse drug events affect over 80 million people, and that number is on their own. One of our jobs as pharmacists is to be one of the gatekeepers of a patient's medications and do our part to prevent these events. So today, I am so excited to announce our speaker. Dr. Sarah Rogers is a BCPS certified pharmacist and the Director of Clinical Affairs for the American Society of Pharmacovigilance, or ASP, you might hear us say. This is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to rapidly and dramatically reduce the high rate of suffering and mortality due to adverse drug events in the U.S. I actually attended pharmacy school with Sarah, so I know her in Texas, and I can personally attest to her drive and desire for the practice of pharmacy, especially in terms of patient safety. And we are so excited to have her on our show today and talk to listeners and other pharmacists um, about how our profession does not always just sit behind the counter, but we are on the forefront of patient safety and health. So we could not be more honored to have you on the show, Sarah, thank you so much
1: yeah, thanks, Tara. thanks so much for having me. it's It's quite an honor to be here and uh, looking forward to the the discussion. Absolutely. So
0: before we dive into this topic that is arguably, I would say one of the most important subjects in pharmacy, tell us about yourself and how you became involved in the work of ensuring drug safety.
1: Yeah, so I actually got my start as a compounding pharmacist. Um, I ran a small shop in North Houston where we did a lot of non-sterile preparations, like, dermatology products and hormone replacement therapy. Um, I worked with area physicians to develop formulas uh, for new compounds to meet the needs of their patients as well. So that early experience was really pivotal in my career because as a compounding pharmacist, you're already used to looking through a lens of tailoring medications to each patient and practicing an important component of personalized medicine in that each patient has their own unique set of factors that translates into differences in how they will respond to different medications. From there, uh, I transitioned into a role at the Anderson on a team that focused on investigational IV chemotherapy, um, where I worked closely with the Investigational Drugs Department and the Clinical and Translational Research Center to treat ambulatory patients who are on study protocols. Um, And then while I was at Anderson, but kind of outside of that role, I also worked as a research um, consultant on a few different projects, one of which was to develop an algorithm to identify um, patients that can most benefit from certain types of genetic testing. And that project really opened my eyes because as we began to peel back the layers, what became really apparent was this problem of adverse drug events a problem that we all know exists as pharmacists, but looking um, at the scope and magnitude of it is really flooring. It's the leading cause of death in the US. Um, We spend half of a trillion dollars a year in healthcare spending due to non-optimized medications. And that realization was just one of those moments where I felt like this was a problem that needed to be solved. And I was someone who could help solve it. Um, you know, and I'm a believer that nothing happens in isolation and everything is connected in some way. Um, but yet our healthcare system is siloed and compartmentalized. So launching ASP was our way to unite healthcare professionals who are committed to improving the quality of patient care. And by bringing others together, we could have a bigger impact in addressing this paramount problem of medication related suffering, which is almost always preventable. Um, So, anyway, that's a little bit about my background. And anyone who works in healthcare plays a role in medication safety, whether they realize it or not. So, um, you know, like you said, Tara, uh, the first step really is to create awareness. Exactly. And I, I, you know, I'm really excited for you to be on
0: here because this podcast, the whole reason we we created it was to bring awareness to what pharmacists do on the side or what, what we actually do on a bigger scale than just. Verify prescriptions or make sure the right pills are in the right bottles. So, um, just letting others know what great work you guys are doing, what how big of a need this is out there, um, and what we all can do, you know, as healthcare providers to to ail that. So, just to give listeners an idea, um, we you talked about adverse drug offense being one of the leading causes of death in the U.S. Also, you said something around a tr- half a trillion dollars in healthcare just just because of mistakes or non-optimized medications or having to go back and fix things or help people, um, with adverse events. We know that this is a huge issue basically. So, um, aside from being a technical term, what is pharmacovigilance? I love that word. I want you to pick that apart for us.
1: Yeah. So, um, You know, at a high level, pharmacovigilance is really medication safety, and it's any effort to identify, track, monitor, or prevent an adverse drug event. So um, some of the things that could cause um, an event might include medication errors, adverse drug reactions, overdoses, um, and allergic reactions. And it seems like there are a lot of different approaches to managing um, the overall adverse drug event problem. So you have organizations like the Institute of Safe Medicine Practices that are Setting best practices to prevent medication errors, um, which is a big component of, of the overall ADE problem. So, um, for example, there was a time when um, vinca alkaloids, chemos like vincristine, vin, vinblastine, vinorelbine, um, they used to be dispensed in a syringe, um, but you know, and it's because it doesn't have to be diluted, so it was just provided as straight drug in a prefilled syringe, and it's a drug that is um, dangerous to be given intrathecally or through the spine. The problem is that cancer patients also may need pain medication um, that is given through the spine. And sometimes in error, the chemo was administered incorrectly because when it's dispensed as a syringe, it looks just like the pain IT. And tragically, this type of mistake almost always results in death. But now because of a best practice set by ISMP, the standard is to dispense um, this type of chemotherapy in an IV bag diluted in a small volume of fluid. And that um, small change in practice completely prevents this type of error from occurring. Um, you know, and that's the type of thing that we can accomplish if we identify problems and set standards to prevent those problems. Um, another component is, you know, the adverse drug reactions or the medication side effects. So you have other organizations that are looking at the larger problem from the perspective of the pharmaceutical companies. Um, each company has its own pharmacovigilance department, um, where they're kind of, uh, pushing forward surveillance efforts. And um, one of the big problems they face is um, how to manage the different adverse event reports coming in from a variety of different sources and databases like FAIRS, which is FDA's adverse event reporting system. So, um, you know, if you were to pull out the package insert for any drug, um, which is information that's been provided by the drug manufacturer and approved by the FDA, Um, and you kind of scroll down and look at the adverse reaction section where it lists out all the possible side effects for that medication, Um, the average number of side effects listed for any given drug is 70. 70 things that could possibly happen to you if you were to take that medication. And it can range from um, common and mild to severe or even fatal. So there are millions of adverse event reports that are submitted every year, um, and it's difficult for drug companies to manage all of those reports to provide the needed safety surveillance um, after drug comes to market. So at ASP, um, we are redefining the way America thinks about adverse drug events, where others are trying to manage the endless adverse event reports that are coming in. We are trying to understand the ways by which we can prevent reactions from occurring in the first place, it's not just you know going to be one solution, it's changes to our processes, it's patient and provider education, it's the development of new standards and it will take changes to our overall approach to healthcare. Um, in terms of landscape, the biggest opportunities um, are in better integration of existing technologies, business model innovation, um, especially given the shifting healthcare landscape and how it's affecting um, pharmacist roles. Um, policy change, creating new billing codes or more consistent reimbursement practices that would better incentivize prevention of adverse drug events, um, but also fostering the development of new tools and technologies with a potential application towards medication safety. So, um, you know, it's definitely a deep-seated and multifaceted problem, but there are things that that we can do to address it. Wow, that is amazing. I, I didn't even... I didn't even realize
0: that when you talked about on the um, package insert for an FDA approved drug that it could be a, an average of about seventy adverse events that could potentially happen. I mean, you don't think about that number being so large, but it's true because as pharmacists, we're taught to kind of just go over the main side effects, or these are what you know could mildly happen that may go away, or these are the ones that you need to contact your doctor about if you see them happen, but That just goes to show you that I mean small, small changes in pharmacy practices by pharmacists um, can play but can build huge dividends in terms of preventing drug errors on the in the forefront. So that is wow. I mean, that's just that's just straw dropping. Um so we talked a little bit about you talked a little bit about how pharmacists are stepping into more roles of you know, building technologies, being part of policy changes. Um, there's one kind of buzzword that's been going around that I've been hearing, and I know it can play a lot into pharmacovigilance and finding these drug events or prevention thereof, is the buzzword is being pharmacogenomics. So this is, the world of pharmacy is changing rapidly, and because it is changing and reinventing the face of healthcare, this pharmacogenomics term has been being tossed around and more research and study going into it by pharmacists. Um, Can you explain what pharmacogenomics is and if it could somehow play a role in decreasing the number of adverse drug events that patients experience?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So pharmacogenomics is, um, as you can imagine, a combination of pharmacology, the study of drugs, and then genomics, the study of genes and their functions. So Um, There are certain genes that encode proteins which are involved in um, a drug's action or in its metabolism, and these genes are called um, pharmacogenes. So basically just a gene that can affect the way that your body processes medication. And there um, are a lot of different genes to think about with regard to drug response. So you can classify genes as pharmacokinetic if they affect the absorption, distribution, metabolism, or excretion of a drug. Um, You have the the cytochrome family, which are um, phase one enzymes in the liver. Sometimes um, drug transporters can be involved. Um, There's a gene that encodes for a transporter that is um, important in statin excretion and has been linked to increased risk of muscle pain in certain patients when they take statins. You also have uh, pharmacodynamic genes that affect drug targets or genes that are involved in the drug's mechanism of action. So um, the opioid receptor gene can be involved in opioid response, depending on the patient's variant. Um, And then there are also adverse event genes, like the HLA genes that are related to allergies and hypersensitivity. So those are a few examples of the types of genes that can impact drug response. Um, and just looking at kind of the eight major cytochrome enzymes, um, those are together known to metabolize 80% of all drugs. And um, genetic factors are estimated to account from anywhere between 30 to 95% of the variation in drug response. So even on the lower end of that estimate, it's still a huge part of um, the clinical picture that we typically do not have access to. Um, The problem is that we fill more than 4 billion prescriptions a year, and response rates vary a lot. So one problem is diversity in drug response. And in considering the patient's pharmacogenes, we can preemptively select a drug and dose that is more likely to work and reduces side effects. Um, Studies have also shown that just the sole act of testing improves the patient's confidence that the medication is more likely to work and less likely to cause them harm. And this leads um, to dramatically improved medication adherence. Um, In the setting of geriatric medicine, um, where you have patients who are on an average of 15 medications, we, we have studies showing that we can save hundreds or even thousands of dollars within a few months of testing uh, patients. And um, as we talk about healthcare costs spiraling out of control, PGX is one tool um, we could use to help bring down those costs while improving the safety and efficacy profile of medications. So the, um, you know that's the premise behind pharmacogenomics and um, kind of how it's related to um, adverse drug reactions, but there's just so much potential there. Yeah, there really is.
0: That, and, and it's amazing to see how far it's even come in the past, I'd say, five years, even to say two years of, you know, it's just, it's gotten so much more advanced. And I feel like with especially with COVID happening, and all that we're learning about genes and receptors and everything like that, um, this is just going to be huge. In, in terms of another way that pharmacists can be on the forefront of preventing a lot of these Um, reactions and events. So thank you so much for defining that out for us. It's really, really helpful. I know our listeners certainly are going to take lots of amazing points away um, from this show today. Um, So on this podcast, we frequently like to highlight how patient advocacy encompasses a significant part of the responsibility that we have as pharmacists. So can you talk, Sarah, a little bit Um, about your organization um, ASP or the American Society of Pharmacovigilance and what you guys are doing out there to rapidly and dramatically reduce the rates of um, suffering and mortality due to adverse events.
1: Yeah, so um, at ASP our focus is on innovation and supporting the development of tools and technologies that can impact this overarching problem of adverse drug events and building a platform for advocacy, awareness and change. So, we believe there are actually eight pillars to improving patient outcomes and and these are the pillars that we're actively developing programming to address different aspects of of um, you know each of these issues. So one is reporting, So we'd like to expand upon current reporting methods, data pipelines, and ways to lower the perceived risk of reporting. Technology um, is another. Our goal is to explore the uh, use of current tools, including promising new healthcare-related technologies with a potential application towards medication safety. Um, Research is a big area, so we're, we're developing research strategies and novel ways to showcase existing knowledge. Creativity um, is kind of a a core component of our um, vision. So ASP members are encouraged to think outside of the box to solve problems. Innovation um, is a big area too. So we're working with um, to identify innovation in any area which could aid in achieving um, our mission. And that may not just be the tech, it may also be business model innovation or policy innovation uh measurements and standards um we we are seeking to better define challenges in the field and to create standards around processes where standards do not currently exist or are insufficient um accountability so um, we're working to create develop and publish a north star metric and develop an index to use as a tool for policy change um, and then the eighth and most important pillar is equity. So through all of these efforts, we hope to increase access and improve the quality of patient care for all patients, regardless of race, sex, economic status, or rurality, because we believe all patients should have access, um, equal access to technology reporting and high quality care. Awesome.
0: That is so amazing. Thank you for letting us know that. I know you can um, find that information on your guys' website, which you will let us know about. Um, so helpful, Sarah. Thank you so much. Um, so I, when we started this conversation today, I began by saying that this was probably one of the most important topics that we'll cover on the podcast. Um, even as compounding pharmacists, Sarah, you were a previous compounding pharmacist. We are consistently confronted with the reality of adverse drug events because many of our patients, um, require very precise dosing, very precise formulations, or we have to manipulate particular ingredients that either are or are not available in commercially manufactured drugs or over-the-counter products. So in this way, we really exist for the sole purpose of reducing this problem as a pharmacist, and still we understand that concerns about off-label drug use and the hesitation to promote medications that have not been FDA approved is a hurdle that compounders are always, always trying to jump over and not having that data and that hard information about adverse drug events. So um, how does ASP, Sarah, um, how does it help to educate the public about clinical expertise of pharmacists, especially as it relates to our knowledge of chemistry, drug formulations, um, pharmacokinetics, and the scientific research that we conduct to ensure patient safety?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I I completely agree with everything you just said. And you know, the problems we face are problems that pharmacists are well positioned to solve, because this is a group that fully understands all of the factors that lead to what we see in the clinic present as a medication side effect, um, and can prevent those from occurring. So pharmacists should be the ones to lead pharmacogenomics implementation efforts to counsel patients on gene drug interactions and should be at the center of care models which seek to optimize medication therapy Um, And potentially to use genetics as a tool to do that. So, um, you know, our education efforts at ASP are really to champion uh, any opportunity that better utilizes the pharmacist skill set to improve medication management but also to celebrate and highlight the work of organizations like Innovation Compounding, um, where you guys are really at the forefront um, conducting health outcomes research and ensuring the efficacy and safety of compounded medication. So um, hats off to you and your team, and I hope that your work inspires others um, to do their part in bringing safer care to patients and um, just know that ASP is always um, a platform to support that effort, so, um, but yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, that is, that is really cool. And I could plug PCAB
0: and I could plug um, the Alliance for Pharmacy Compounding, but I'll leave that to another podcast um, in terms of just making high quality medications um, and ensuring the safety and efficacy of them as well. But in wrapping, um, Dr. Rogers, it's been such a pleasure. Can you please let our listeners know how they can support ASP or get involved with ASP in your organization?
1: For sure. So um, American Society of Pharmacovigilance is on LinkedIn. Um, we're on Twitter at Society Farm. Um, we love to feature experts and people who are passionate about creating awareness on um, the ASP blog. Um, so to learn more about the blog, you can email blog at stopadr.org. And you can also visit the ASP website to learn more about some of our initiatives and how you can join us.
0: So great. Thank you so much, Sarah. We really Truly admire your passion and dedication to the profession of pharmacy compounding, to pharmacy in general, pharmacogenomics, pharmacovigilance, all the things that we said today. Your dedication um, is is so needed and warranted, and we really appreciate what you've been doing um, to support your patient safety, honestly. Um, Thank you for your time and all the wonderful resources you've shared.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and um, look forward to kind of continuing the conversation and how we can all work together to improve um, patient safety.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And
1: thank you to all the listeners for
0: listening today to the mix it up pharmacy podcast. For those of you who are eager to get involved or support the work of ASP, please visit their website at www.stopadr.org to learn more. And if something we've said is, um, Encourages you as a pharmacist or a pharmacy student, technician, um, physician, provider to get involved in your profession. And we hope that even more so for the compounding profession and pharmacy in general. So, for our patients and healthcare providers, we hope you caught a glimpse of what the profession looks like in pharmacy today and the passion that goes behind our desire to help patients. For more information on this podcast or to ask questions about something you heard today, please email us at infoinfo. at innovationcompounding.com. Thank you very much. Stay tuned. We'll see you next time.